Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. Do not forget to buy lentils, or the lentil soup you're making for dinner will be sorely lacking. By the way, Mrs. Calloway says thanks for helping her bundle home and auto. She appreciates the extra savings, even though you kept using the word apropos incorrectly. But the main thing is do not forget to buy, uh, what was it? Something apropos, the lentil soup. Sorry, I'll call you back. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks, the final, I don't even know, game edition? Like, I don't even know what to call this, but <laughs> uh, the the season has officially ended and the postseason has begun, um, but we're obviously going to kind of break down what happened in that final game of the season, and we'll worry about the offseason next next week. I was about to say next year, um, but no. Tomorrow? Um, no. <laughs> um, uh, exit interviews at 9 in the morning are not looking um, like the most fun thing I'm ever going to do, uh, but tomorrow i'll be ready to go um and hopefully we'll find out some more cool stuff there but uh bucks lose tonight 92 89 in game six of their eastern conference first round playoff series against the toronto raptors and uh, yeah that that ends the the best of seven series the raptors take four bucks take two and the bucks lose their final three and uh, i guess i'll just go to you for thoughts frank because uh i'm still kind of trying to figure everything out in my head yeah i mean i think last night we talked about uh, i felt as a fan uh i was not nervous going into this game I, i felt like sort of in a weird way the pressure was off even though the pressure to win you know when we talk about must wins and sucks to lose his games and um this was a must win but on some level on some level, I thought it was more of a must win than a sucks to lose. Um, and and I don't want to, I don't want to act like the Bucks should just be satisfied with kind of like where they were and and how this series played out because I think it, it we should look back at it and say that the Bucks had some pivotal moments and some pivotal stretches where had they played better, had they executed better, had they been able to take advantage of the Raptors a bit more, had they been able to you know stem the you know cut stem the bleeding a little bit in in various points um they could have actually won this series which is not something i really expected to see i did not think that you know this series would come down to as as few moments as it ultimately did and by the same token the way this game played out and i mean midway through the third quarter there you know when the lead stretches to 25 for toronto i'm thinking Damn, this is just, I mean, it's not quite losing by 50 frickin' four points to the Bulls. It could have happened, though. 71-46 with 5-17 left in the third quarter. It could have gotten that bad. Yeah, it, it felt it felt like another, you know, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang but a whimper type 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 <laughs> thing. And, um, you know, that would have been a really, a really sad way to go out on the season in which a lot of things, you know, went right, a lot of things went wrong but ultimately i think the bucks you know made big strides and and certainly tonight all those strides began with the very long strides of of Giannis Adetokounmpo coming out of the gate um looking terrific and 
you know, unfortunately tiring greatly down the stretch playing 47 minutes. But, um, you know, he, he, he so often has sort of told the story of the Bucks and um, Giannis making some really huge plays down the stretch to lead the Bucks back to a, completely erase a 25-point second-half deficit, actually take a lead, but also those tired legs <laughs> and, and ultimately kind of running out of gas. And, and obviously that's, um, that's ultimately what happened to the Bucks. And uh, incredibly, they did still technically have a, a last little glimmer of hope with a one-possession game in, in the final seconds. But, um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know. There's a lot of emotions. I'm, I, I, watching it on TV, um, I, I got an email from my dad. I was glad that my dad and, and my mom got to go to this game. Um, I think they, it was an incredible atmosphere for them. I think it was a, you know, something they, they really enjoyed, even though the result obviously wasn't what they wanted. Um, but it, it's still just still sort of kind of surreal to think about what happened in this game. And I never really, I wasn't really disappointed at the end because I never really believed what I was seeing on some level when they were coming back. I mean, Jason Terry and Matthew Della Vadova as the backcourt that is leading you on this incredible comeback against, you know, the three seed in, in game six of a playoff series. <laughs> there was nothing, there was nothing sustainable about this. There's no blueprint from this game that you're going to say, Oh, okay, well next year, you know, Delhi and jet, you know, crunch time, <laughs> Delhi and jet ride again. Um, but, uh, but I think what we saw from particularly Giannis, um, I, I think a number of moments from Thon, especially early in the game defensively, uh, and Chris Middleton, you know, started slowly, um, but ultimately made some big plays and, uh, you know, I think stepped up at times and, and, uh, and also I think you could say he came through in a lot of ways, uh, in this game, even though he also had some, some nervous moments, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll turn it to you. I was watching on TV. I couldn't believe what I was seeing on TV. I, I can't imagine what it was like inside that building. Cause I've been in the Bradley center in the playoffs at various times in, in 01, uh, in 2010 when it was loud during the fear of the deer run and, and also, uh, on game in game four on Saturday, especially in the first half. But it, it seemed like this was just next level stuff from the Bucks crowd. That was the craziest sporting event I've ever attended. And I've attended quite a few sporting events at this point. I've, I've been lucky enough to cover quite a few sporting events at this point without a doubt the craziest event i've ever covered the craziest crowd i've ever covered and it it was it uh, for me the cool part about it was that if you've invested anything in this team if you've listened to more than five locked on bucks this year um and as you tweeted things out after the game shout out to everyone who complimented us on on taking this crazy ride with Lockdown Bucks and doing daily podcasts and everything. You guys are awesome and obviously kind of the reason why we do this. Um, but for anyone who's invested anything in this Milwaukee Bucks team, that was your payoff. And again, obviously you want a series win. You you want to see Giannis get that win and hit the last second shot and, and have that moment. But that was that moment. That 22-year-old played all but 80 seconds of the game. 81 seconds, excuse me. Uh, All but 81 seconds of that game. He scores 34 points. 
gets nine rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks. He somehow helps the Bucks manufacture the one of the most insane runs you will ever see and go from down 71 to 46 with 517 left in the third quarter to up 80 to 74 with just over three minutes or just around three minutes left that that is the if you've invested that those are the moments you're hoping for those are the days you want to see those are the reasons why you believe in this team going forward you believe in Giannis going forward you believe in being a fan those are the moments you are a fan and after this one, if you can, if you can still find a way to, compl- if if the first on your mind is to complain about a rotation or complain about Chris Middleton or complain about Delhi or Jet getting mints in the fourth quarter, if you can somehow do that, I don't understand how you are a fan of this team. Because to me, that this night was all about Giannis. Like like we've been waiting for the Giannis game. And that was the honest game. And again, it doesn't come in a win, but it comes in the belief that this particular basketball player can lead your team to a championship and can do improbable things and can be the catalyst for an insane run in the city of Milwaukee. And again, it was just one game. But if you are a fan and you want to believe in this team, that that was your payoff. You went through a, a ton of garbage basketball this season uh you went through some very good basketball this season you you went through some mediocre basketball this season you went through a lot of basketball uh, you read a lot of articles about the team you you listened to lockdown bucks occasionally you listened to other bucks podcasts you consumed these things for that moment and i i feel confident saying that everyone that was in that building tonight got that payoff as it was happening and the craziest thing to me was they got it down to 20 and people started to to get on their feet and started to make some noise and that was that was to me where it was just like okay i guess like you pay the money like you're here like you might as well enjoy it so yeah they cut it to 19 awesome like make some noise that's awesome then all of a sudden it's 15 all of a sudden it's single digits and all of a sudden they take a lead and I'm not lying to you. When I, I walked from the Bradley Center to our studios here uh, at ESPN Milwaukee, it's like a six or seven block walk, something like that. And I was in the Skywalk, and for the first time, like I didn't have any city streets. I, I didn't have the arena. I wasn't listening back to audio. Like I was just like by myself, walking in a quiet space, and I could hear some ringing in my right ear, like. It was so insanely loud. It was such an insane moment. And it was the craziest thing I've ever been a part of. And to hear Bucks fans get to have that moment. And again, I had mentioned you before we started recording. I talked to Jimmy Carlton of Milwaukee when Jet hit that three. And I was like, I don't know if they're going to win this game. Like It just took so much to get back and to have that crazy comeback like i just didn't know if they could finish it out and they ended up not being able to but i I, we just looked at each other and like this is this is a moment like the you will always remember if you were part of this crowd when the bucks made this insane comeback got to this moment and 
and gave you that moment. And you're going to remember when Giannis had already only rested 80 seconds and started bringing you back in the third quarter. And then as the fourth quarter you went on and you kept thinking, man, is he ever going to come out? And he wouldn't come out and he would make plays and he would go to the line and then all of a sudden the next possession you would think, okay, how is Giannis going to get involved again? And it was like, oh man, he's got to go to the post because that's how he's scoring right now. And he would just get, just have PJ Tucker just beat on him for a whole possession and somehow he'd get to the line again. And it, it was just such an awesome performance and such a cool thing to see. And man, like it's a loss. The season's over. I get it. But damn, Frank, that was awesome. Yeah, if, if there's a, a stain on it, besides obviously it being a loss, um, it, it's the free throw shooting down the stretch, and, and Giannis was obviously a, a part of that problem. He came into the fourth uh, having made, I think, four out of five free throws. Um, he makes just three out of eight in the fourth quarter. Chris Middleton also missed three free throws in this game. I think I think Deli Man missed a free throw in the fourth quarter. Um, the Bucks just <laughs> you- left. Did you see Delhi complain about a wet spot on the lane to get Giannis like ten extra seconds the one time he was at the line? I thought that no, was No, I didn't see it. Oh my god, it was so fun. like it, obviously Giannis was trying to soak up as much time at the line as possible, but <laughs> all of a sudden Delhi's like sitting at the line before Giannis takes his first one and he like points at the lane and then like the kid with the little mop comes out and scrubs a little bit and then Delhi's like uh, and points at another spot and he, he scrubs that real quick and then the official comes over and they're like hey is that okay and I was like yeah okay I think that's fine and that whole sequence took like 10 or 15 seconds and it was like oh Delhi, what a gritty observation hey there's some wetness on the floor let's take care of that let's get Giannis a little more time yeah, and and it was. I mean, I, it's not often in a basketball game you see, you know, somebody so visibly exhausted as as Giannis was yeah. at times in the fourth. This also makes me appreciate. You know, we had Brett Abramchik from Bruebon, and we talked about you know Giannis playing forty two <laughs> minutes a game in the playoffs, and I, I we, we had talked about LeBron's early career playoff minutes, and I, I had to double check because I thought I remembered it correctly, and. Yeah, LeBron averaged as many minutes as Giannis played tonight over a 13-game playoff uh, season. Um, he averaged 46 and a half minutes in his in his age 22 season. So when LeBron was the same age, he he averaged 46 and a half minutes, which That's is just crazy. incredible. I mean, he's an alien. I mean, Giannis is an alien. LeBron is a different kind of alien too. But um, but yeah, it was um, you know it was like I think I just felt like everybody, all Bucks fans, were just kind of out there bleeding with Giannis and panting with Giannis yeah. watching him and you just kind of wished you could transfer your own you know and like uh, everyone was trying so hard like his. they would cheer before he'd go to the line and then they knew they need to bring their noise down in between and it was just such a cool moment for those fans and for Giannis like they were together as one and like that shit doesn't happen like those aren't moments that happen all the time and to see again, I know they lose, and I know it's disappointing that they lose three straight. But God, that was so cool. Yeah, and and I mean, when that game ended, I mean, it really it's it was like you know if 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 anyone's ever watched the end of a marathon, and my dad's run like I don't know like thirty five or forty marathons. Shout out to my dad. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so I've seen him finish many marathons, and you know, you're just saying at the finish line of a marathon, you're just watching people just 
get through and and just the utter exhaustion that people are in i mean they're just the mindset is totally different right like you're you're processing things just sort of differently and it it really did look i mean i think Giannis. there was video of Giannis just going to the bench and just sitting down literally i think after the game ended it was just like you know just get him a place to sit down i mean you know i was like sitting there watching like during stoppages i was just like should Giannis just like lay down on the floor like during these like brief stoppages? <laughs> like what's what's the most effective way? Can we get somebody with like a wheelchair on the sideline to kind of roll up and you can just run over and sit down on it? I don't know. Um, but but yeah, and I mean I think the incredible thing was obviously he missed free throws. He missed a bunch of free throws really short, which I feel like when Giannis misses free throws, it's almost always the first free throw. And I feel like it's usually I feel like he usually misses long, not yeah. short. Um, I, don't, so I can't even him- think of the last time I saw him miss one short. Like it, that's just a, he'll miss left or right and he'll miss long, but short and that short, like some of those were tonight. Ugh. Yeah, some of those were really short, and um, and so it, it was tough. But um, you know, it it was a sight to see, and and uh, you know, it, it's crazy because the Raptors go on. I think it was Bucks go go up eighty two eighty. I mean, there's the big jet three that I think made it eighty to seventy eight. Yep. Uh, and then I think Monroe scored again to make it eighty two eighty after the Raptors scored. Um. And then the Raptors go on the 9-0 run. Uh, fittingly, uh, it's a corner three. The Bucks ended up kind of screwed up with three defenders defending two guys at the top of the key. Uh, Corey Joseph gets wide open in the corner, hits three. That was and you could see it coming from a mile away yeah, because Monroe really like had had fallen down chasing after an offensive rebound, which the Bucks. I, God, how many offense rebounds do they have in the fourth quarter? But it, it was another sequence where they were chasing down an offensive rebound. Monroe hits the deck, and then they're five on four, and the Bucks scramble. And you could see like Monroe kind of like hobbling back because he was exhausted. And then like he just runs to where Middleton is, and like just like looks at Middleton, and Middleton's like, "Well, who am I supposed to cover?" And like he runs in a different direction, and then by that point, it's like, "Oh no, this can only end one way." And sure enough, flare screen, corner three, Corey Joseph. And, and I think at that point, um, I think it was 85-82 at that point, but that felt like such a huge shot because, again, yep. the Bucks had climbed the mountain and then to fall back behind again. Um, and then I think really the what seemed like the the, the dagger was, um, you know, DeRozan getting it in the corner, Thon basically looking to sort of pin him down and force him you know, angle him to, to baseline, but he still got, gets around Thon. Um, Thon can't recover. Oh my and, gosh. and Giannis might have been just too gassed because he was in the vicinity but didn't didn't get up a, a contest as, as DeRozan hammered it, which was unfortunate because, you know, screw DeMar DeRozan. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that felt like the kind of clincher right there. And, I mean, incredibly, they're down 89-82, and then they somehow still scrape out, you know, Chris Middleton gets fouled on a three- jet hits a three uh just bizarre stuff happening and you know i mean we can talk about i don't don't think there's really a whole lot to say about the end of the game i mean um the bucks get a a derozan free throw miss so they had the ball back down three with you know i don't know how many seconds were on the clock but basically Giannis ends up with the ball and and really took too much time and he he didn't want to take a three. He ends up eventually getting to the rim for a dunk with I think three point five or, or seconds left or something like that. Um, they fouled DeRozan up up uh, or down three down one with three point one seconds left. And um, you know the problem at that point was they they were out of timeouts, right? And yep. 
you could you could understand uh, you know in, in most situations you say well how the hell did they allow themselves to get stuck without a timeout <laughs> given the way those guys looked like i can understand how they used up all their timeouts especially given that they were you know looked like they were out of it and, and it wasn't like it was a one-point game going back and forth um i'll take so, the 34 7 run for 100 alex thank you yeah exactly and i i mean i felt bad i mean I don't know. They Joe, Joe Prunty was trying to draw something up and was bringing guys to the sideline to tell him what to do to try to get a shot up with 3.1 seconds left. So I mean, you're not expecting anything to work at that point, but um, but whatever it was, it was presumably not the Tony Snell meekly lob a pass that gets stolen by Patrick Patterson. Uh, but that's what happened, and you know there there was your your whimper to end the game. But um, certainly the Bucks. Uh, I've already forgotten know. that play. I don't even remember yeah. it, Frank. Yeah, I mean, certainly in the grand scheme of, you know, Rasputin-like comebacks and, and not get being killed off, uh, I think this was it, was, it was very memorable, right? I mean, it didn't, it didn't lead to a win, so it, that, it can only be so, so memorable. It can only be so positive. Um, but you, you have to tip your hat to, to Giannis for sure. Um, you know, Middleton, I think, you know, did make some plays. He had that big four-point play, um, which really kind of piled the pressure on. And... I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what to say about the fact that Delhi and Jet are the two guys. The two guys are your are your two guards in a game against a team that is basically dominated by two guards. Um, that those two guys would be in the game when you make a huge run and they play the, what the entire fourth quarter. I mean, th- this is like this is the most Jason Kidd thing that could have happened. Like. <laughs> Kid completely overplays Delvadova and Terry, but somehow it works, and the Bucks almost win a game, but then don't. I mean, it was yeah. like it—it it felt kind of fitting. And um, to their I, credit, I don't know. Good God, the, did those two men work their asses? They off. worked their asses off. Oh they worked my their asses God. off. Yeah, to go. I, n- I mean, ninety-four feet every possession with the dudes that they were covering. Oh, yeah, and and I mean. Terry was getting, you know, steals in the back. I mean, they were like, <laughs> they like pressed and Terry got a steal at one point. Yeah. I mean, it was just like stuff you do not see in the NBA. Um, I mean, everything, the Raptors were just completely falling apart and, and you just have to give a ton of credit to, to those guys. And, and I mean, whatever, I know people are going to be like, wow, you know, kids rotations, why were they in the game that long? I don't know. I mean, I, 34 I, I to seven. I yeah. don't need to I don't, tell I don't you care. anymore. I'm, Thirty-four to seven. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I I I sort of secretly over the course of the year, I mean, playing Jet like twelve minutes plus in a row, just I mean, it just doesn't. It can't be a good idea in Correct. principle. But I, I just couldn't. I, I I just love Jason Terry's role on this team so much, and he had such a. I mean, he had a knack when Jason Terry was in games. They tended to play well. I mean, the, yeah. you know, again, I'm not going to say that the plus-minus numbers are indisputable evidence of Jason Terry being still really good, and you know, he <laughs> should be playing in crunch time of playoff games against you know Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan. I don't think that's justified, but I, I think it's justified that he played this year. And you can't, you can't, you know, you can't ignore that the Bucks played well with him. And um, he's a guy that, man, I. Year after year, every time the Bucks have a guy like this, like an old veteran who kind of like is an emotional leader, it seems like they just let that guy go the next year. And I mean, Terry's thirty nine, going on forty, but 
man, I, I really hope Jason Terry's back next year. I don't, I don't, I wish, I wish the Bucks had enough players that he didn't have to actually play much. But yeah, um, but for what he brings, it, it, just his personality and and the the fire he brings, and obviously the fact that he can still come in and and make a difference on the court somehow. Um, I, I do really hope that Jason Terry's back and and uh, and is is back in Milwaukee because I I feel like he. He bring, you know, it's just he's such a uh, his, he's his so character. necessary. He's, he's so, so necessary. necessary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those two uh, again for all of the flaws Delhi has, and we've listed them off again and again and again. Uh, I thought he was great tonight. Brogdon struggled again, and Delhi I, I thought was was good throughout the game. Obviously, you had to deal with some floaters and some turnovers and some obvious Delhi problems, but. Man, the their effort and like you said it the other night when you were when you were in town and watching the game, like how hard you have to work to cover a a Raptors guard, even if it is like Corey Joseph, um, to cover Corey Joseph or Kyle Lowry, you work so hard, and for Delhi and Jet to do that for a fourth quarter, and to on top of that add going 94 feet with those guys like come on but it, it was it was just crazy and uh those two are great um <clears throat> Giannis had to rose in the entire fourth quarter so uh, if you want to continue to add insane things to the Giannis game obviously playing every second other than 81 seconds of the game is obviously quite impressive the points the rebounds assists are, are impressive but he had to rose in the whole fourth quarter he also played center for much of the fourth quarter like <laughs> you you can't you can't make this stuff up with this guy like you can't add more things to this list where i won't believe it like he he just does everything and and he is just such an incredible player and uh again like maybe we can we can talk about some of the other stuff but i don't even know if i want to like i just want to talk about the positive stuff and the things that i enjoyed in that game because uh, until like that moment that five sixteen moment in the third quarter when all of a sudden the bucks started to come back like that wasn't a fun game and i i don't want i don't, I don't even necessarily know that i want fans to think about those other things like that moment that comeback was just so cool that it's literally the only thing i can think of when i think of this game and i hope that continues for years to come that i can remember this game and this loss in this series as like the moment when you knew the tide was turning because i i very much think this could be that kind of moment that uh, getting uh, losing it two years ago to the bulls like that that wasn't really a moment and especially with the way it ended like at least this one you go six games some of the games you lose are or two of the games you lose are very close and in the final one you have this insane moment this insane comeback like that is what i want to remember about this and it was awesome yeah and well and just correct he he actually monroe played all all but the last 54 seconds in the fourth so Giannis was he played some center uh, at the end of the second but he was he he was uh he was at the four in the, in the fourth but um but he did play way, center during the game right yeah it was in the second quarter he okay, played yeah. and and that was i i think if we're going to talk about some of the kind of decision making and and you know what what kid did um as far as his rotations go i thought probably the weirdest thing he did was 
take Thon out late in the second quarter, and they lost four points. I mean, I didn't really understand. I'm trying to think. Like, I'm looking at the lineups and trying to figure out like what, why he did that. Um, this was when the Raptors, um, basically, the Raptors went with PJ Tucker, Valanciunas, DeRozan, Powell, um, Lowry. Uh, and then they flipped the Baca for Valanciunas. So it wasn't like they were doing anything totally crazy. Um, they did have Patterson in for a while, um, and I believe he might. No, yeah, they still I, always had a Baca or Valanciunas in. So I, it was just a strange move because Thon had played really well, and I don't know. I mean, the Bucks, like the idea of Giannis at center is fine, but, I, I mean, you have to just put him out there with a bunch of shooters. And yeah. I think it was Snell, Middleton, Brogdon, Delhi, and it's just like, Delhi and Brogdon, and they didn't like play through Giannis in the post or anything like that. So it's just like, I mean, just to kind of do the same thing on offense that you're normally going to do. I, I just, I don't think that's really like how you harness the idea of center Giannis so much. I think you need to play through him, have him be attacking the rim, trying to collapse the defense, and then you know have these guys who can shoot around him. And, and obviously, you know, the, the, the not the, the two guards, yeah, uh, Delhi and Brogdon. You know, I, I compared Delhi's uh, wind up to uh to uh, uh, a revolutionary war musket uh, in terms of how quickly he can load up a shot and you know it, it was disappointing and, and sure enough they you know they take thon out and they lose lose four points going into halftime um but so probably the what, more- is, what is brogdon's release then like he, he's just not so, like he's not a shooter he doesn't have a gun I don't know. I, I'd have to think of. I'd, you'd have to give me. I'm. I'm I, I need some time to think of like a witty comeback <laughs> to that. Um, it's. It's something. It's not as slow as Delhi's, I guess. Um, <laughs> he doesn't need to like take that thing and push it down <laughs> into the barrel and yeah, you know yeah. like put it down on the ground and reload it that way. But um, <laughs> it's. It's maybe it's like a shotgun or something. Like yeah. you. You're, 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 there's nothing rapid fire about yeah. it. But. Um, Brogdon, not a good game from Brogdon tonight. Um, you know, the fact that he obviously didn't play at all in the fourth quarter, um, not a, a great finish to, uh, to his, um, to his memorable rookie season. Tony Snell also pretty disappointing. Um, you know, a lot of games we complained about him not playing in the fourth quarters. Amazingly tonight was not one of those nights. Um, only took one, three, missed it two points um that i think that was the thing that shocked me the most tonight just the total unwillingness from all of the others to take threes like no one wanted it thon missed his first one and then he wasn't and again he only played 13 minutes so he didn't have a ton of chances but he didn't want it snell was not taking threes and i mean this is obviously a bit of a credit to the raptors as well they're running guys off the line but he didn't want it Brogdon, oh my gosh, I don't know how many open threes he had, and he was just refusing, absolutely refusing to take a three uh, tonight. And again, I don't really know why. Um, and of course, Delhi, no, he's he's gonna chuck. He's got four of them up there. Um, no matter how long it takes, he's gonna get them up. Um, I, I guess with Thon, I I wasn't. So the the blocks are obviously fantastic. Uh, five blocks for him and four in his first stint, I think, maybe. Um, but he he was all over the place. But also, was he guessing which side he was supposed to be on on DeRozan pick and rolls? He he because he was poorly he, at various because he was way off tonight. Like, yeah. not even close. And there it was just strange situations because Snell would be like, let's say on DeRozan's right hip 
and then all of a sudden Thon would be like, go stand behind Tony Snell. And it was like, wh-? like I didn't know if he was guessing that the Raptors were going to flip the screen because they so often do that where they'll have a big come up on the left side and then last second flip over to the right side. Like I didn't know if Thon was guessing on that, but, man, he was not in the in the vicinity on so many of them, and DeRozan was just getting easy looks and easy takes to the basket that Giannis would try to contest in the back, but if DeRozan's got a full head of steam, like, well, that's not going to end well, um, even with Giannis contesting. So, um, I like, I, I thought the blocks made it seem like maybe he played a little bit better than he did because he just looked so very confused um, throughout much of his time on the floor. And, again, growing pains, we all want to live with it because – the payoff is obviously great, um, but it, I don't know. It was just strange to watch because he'll. I, I think from game to game he'll have like one or two of those, but to see him have so many of those in one game was just really strange. Well, I mean, this is the advantage of of having his physical tools is that you can you can start a play by making a really bad decision and then you know at times still recover and, yeah. and had not have it completely blow things up right if greg monroe picks the wrong side of the screen <laughs> it's you okay. might as well everybody just r- run back to the other side and play offense because yep. you're giving up two points um but yeah i mean i thought i thought the big thing for thon i mean a lot of it was just like his energy and, and his just like i mean he got in the he got the crowd into it you know yeah, some of the blocks and i thought he's kind of set the tone defensively a bit that the raptors maybe weren't going to have an easy time i can, I can comfortably say that I would take whatever minutes you would have given him over nine minutes for John Henson. John, yeah, that, that's I can, what I, was I can comfortably get. say that. You're right, and that's what I thought was you know certainly one that that you know especially um, all the kid skeptics, and I I think everyone should question why John Henson is getting minutes um, at, at that point. Um, the the Raptors had gone on a six zero run late in the first quarter. Monroe gets a second foul and and they bring in John Henson. I was and, thinking maybe a breather, like just like maybe you don't think Thon is quite ready to go back in, and maybe you give Henson like two or three minutes. But he had a chance at a timeout. I, I might even been two timeouts to take him out, and Henson didn't come out in either spot. And it was just like, what what is going on? Yeah, and Henson ends up minus eight. Um, I think the the thing that's frustrating about it is. You know, Henson hasn't really played any real minutes this series. He he really hadn't played any significant role late in the season. And I mean, you never know when kind of John Henson is going to show up and and kind of make an impact. Maybe he'll block a couple shots. You know, finish a couple hooks around the lane, things like that. But um, but th- this was not one of those one of those games. He, he did he didn't get any blocks in the box score, but I thought he had at least one block um, on DeRozan. But uh, but yeah, it, it's just kind of frustrating because I mean, another thing too is I mean Monroe. Monroe averaged two fouls per game this season, right? I mean, if Monroe yep. picks up two fouls in the first quarter, Live with I him. mean, you know, like... You're not going to play him enough to foul out anyways. Yeah, I mean, well, I think he fouled out a few games ago, but who cares, right? I mean, it's like, you know, it's not like... You you also have Thon. I mean, Monroe isn't your starter. He might be your best center yep. in general, sort of overall at this point, but um, but you still have Thon. And, I mean, look, Thon played 13 freaking minutes in this game. You know, I mean... Like, is he gonna keel over and, and die of exhaustion because you gave him, you know, a, a few extra minutes at the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second? I, I don't know. I, I just felt like that was one of those things where um, it felt odd to go there, and it was weird to see the Bucks struggling so much, and to see neither Toledovich nor Beasley get any minutes. I thought was odd. 
Um, and, and neither of those guys has really played well. Beasley had a good game three, and otherwise both guys have been pretty much zeros for the most part offensively. But That might even be kind. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, like, if you're looking for answers, I don't know. Like, if the you're going to go small. doesn't have any. Yeah, well, if you're going to go small, um, if you're going to go small with Giannis at center, um, you know, I think the play, and Ben Thompson pointed this out, is you, you put him in with Toledovic because yep. Toledovic is going to space the floor and you're going to have to cover him from 30 feet out. So, um, you know, and, and that's what have been one of the challenges, I think, with Giannis being so good and really settling in defensively at the four and Toledovic being naturally a defensive four. Um, Giannis can defend threes, obviously, but um, but you, you kind of, yeah, I don't know, they're maybe a little bit, it's it's not as, as as easy I think to make the the case to play them together with the way sort of Giannis's positional value has evolved um, defensively, but um, but it would have been I think if you were going to go small I, I would have liked to seen Toledovic out there even Beasley out there you know um, just yep. to give somebody somebody else out there who who wants to shoot um, although Beasley obviously doesn't shoot a lot of threes but he can when he when he sets his mind to it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Any other kind of thoughts to, to this game? I mean, it's kind of crazy to look at the box score. I mean, the, the Raptors get 32 points from DeRozan, 13 points from Lowry. Nobody else even touches double digits. Um, the Bucks only have three guys in double digits. Giannis at 34, 9, 3, 2, and 2. Uh, Middleton, 19 points on 6 of 13 shooting. 3 of 5 from 3, only 4 out of 7 from the line. 5 assists, 2 steals. Very. That's more of the Chris Middleton we're used to. And, and Delhi hits 12 points on four of nine shooting uh four four assists uh one turnover i, I don't know any other kind of just the things turnovers. that kind of out of you just the turnovers i i don't i, I was surprised I, they didn't have more i mean we talked you gave me an over under 15 i think they had six in the first quarter they only ended that was up the, with 14 yeah which i was really surprised by Agreed. i thought they and maybe it was just that it felt like that the Raptors had nine steals, so I think they were more high leverage, live ballish than yep. than you know typically. Fourteen isn't a ton of turnovers, but it felt like they were more painful than, than usual. Maybe it was just I, the situation. And I was going to say, just to start the game was really what I was kind of hitting on. Was I think they have what two live ball turnovers in the first first uh, for sure the first quarter, but maybe the first like six minutes. And it was kind of plays that let the Raptors get back into it. And I don't know, it's just strange thinking of this series and thinking of the Bucks have, what, five turnovers in game one? Um, ten turnovers in game two, maybe? And then all of a sudden, the, these last couple games at 15, 21, and 14. And so often it was in the first quarter, it was when... This, I mean, this isn't a football game. You can't script plays, but you can kind of have an idea of what teams are going to do to you. You should have a, have a good, clean mindset and not really be confused. And just so often in these last three games, starting off the game sloppy. And uh, I talked before the game, I had tweeted a bunch that I thought the first quarter was really important and the Bucks end up kind of surviving the first first quarter 28 to 24 but i thought they had come out so strong and in my mind i was thinking okay this is kind of the the tone you set that we're going to take care of the ball tonight we're going to score some points Giannis is going to be in attack mode and this is going to be a long night for you toronto and again it was kind of the same situation as what game was that game Game five or game four? I can't remember. No, game five, where 
in Toronto, they're pretty good for the first little while, and then you think they're going to just punch back and forth with the Raptors, and then the Raptors kind of take over, and the Bucks are kind of shooting themselves in the foot. And um, to me, that, that was just something that stood on this series, that they could take care of the ball so well in the first couple of games, and then in these final three games, just turn the ball over and uh, again the Raptors do a nice job defensively but it it just seemed like so often they were somewhat self-inflicted turnovers and um, with this Bucks team late in the season that was just something that I I thought they had done a nice job kind of avoiding and that just wasn't the case in these last three games yeah I think the the number of you know guy puts himself in compromising position and throws pass along perimeter that you know you can tell is going to get picked off as soon yep. as he throws it there there were just a lot of those there were a lot of you know, especially greg monroe it felt like especially early in games it felt like he was just putting the ball on the ground way too much yep. and and that's when i think you kind of worry that you're getting a bad greg monroe game you know when he when he's putting the ball on the ground and then when he's getting exposed and pick and roll those are the sort of the two you know danger will robinson or whatever things to to look out for for monroe but um but I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's a dis, it's a disappointing end of the season, but it's also, you know, if you're going to go out, um, it, it felt like an honest way to go out, if that makes sense. And Ooh. I think um, yeah. I was going to say something. And sorry, then you can close. Uh, but I just thought of it. I was looking at Middleton's line. He plays 42 minutes, and uh, I was at the podium getting ready to talk to Giannis, kid and stuff, and. Uh, the Journal Sentinels, Matt Velasquez, had gone to the locker room. And when we got done with Giannis, I asked him, I was like, oh, who'd you get to talk to in the locker room? He's like, well, we wanted to talk to Chris, but he, he, he couldn't talk. And I was like, oh, what, like he had other stuff to do? Or, and he's like, no, he, he legitimately could not talk. And like Bucks PR was like, can we get you water? And then you can. And Chris is like, no, I like I can't talk. And Matt was just pantomiming that to me. I obviously can't do this because this is an audio podcast. But uh, apparently after the game, Middleton could legitimately not talk, which is not something that normally happens uh, to him during a game. Uh, Obviously, some guys really use their voice and then are very raspy at the end of the game, like Tibbs and uh, a bunch of other players. But Middleton could legitimately not talk. And uh, that I guess to me that was something that kind of surprised me that his cold, flu, whatever it was, was as serious as it was for these last two games. Because I, I didn't – I mean, at playoff time, obviously, you don't expect someone to sit out for a cold. Um, but just uh, I didn't think it was all that serious. And apparently it was more serious than I thought. Yeah, and, you know, it, it, tonight was one of those games where I think, you know, even if Middleton had struggled, I think you, you have to kind of give him a pass. I mean, hell, like – I think most most normal people, you get sick, you don't even want to, um, you know, you don't you get sick, you don't even want to go and go into work, right? Much less. I've been sick for the last three days, and I didn't want to record this podcast once. Yeah, yeah, and and much less to to go out and and play um, playoff NBA basketball against you know <laughs> no, the best you. basketball players in the world. So, um, so you know, it, it's one of those things. I'm I'm always amazed by not just NBA players, but athletes in general, their ability to play through pain, you know, pl- play NBA players who break fingers and continue to like shoot. Crazy. And play. I mean, it's just like, what, how? Um, <laughs> so, so I don't know, but I, I guess to kind of wrap up for me, 
um, you know, I, I don't want to fall victim to to just being satisfied with a competitive first round series. I think Steve Von Horn put it well. He said, you know, this is we're now at the inflection point. This is this is when accepting first round playoff defeats ends. I think for the Bucks, and we've we've been here a lot of times. And I, I responded to Steve. You know, I said expectations have been the Bucks' mortal enemy for about thirty years now. Yeah, and now that that has to end. And and I think the the upside is now you have Giannis and and you have never had a player like this before since maybe the days of Kareem um so that that changes things but it also I think has to raise the raise the bar and I think uh as a fan it's exciting to know that you can and you have to raise the bar I think that's it's a positive thing we can we can complain about a lot of things that happened this season um wonder what might have been you know with various things that happened yet Jabari's injury and all this other stuff but um but I, I, it made me excited at the end to to be part of a you know a fan community, right? And I think we we sometimes lose sight of the fact that I mean you know we we all root for sport root for sports teams for different reasons, but to root for the team that you grew up following, and you know my parents got season tickets in 1992, Todd Day, Lee Mayberry draft, woot, <laughs> shout out, um, and I've seen one team that's gone past the first round of the playoffs, and that's incredible an incredible streak of un- nearly unbroken <laughs> mediocrity and i'm i'm excited to not have to always accept first round defeats but i'm excited also that that i think bucks nation bucks twitter you know everybody was able to really get behind what this team was doing and um i, I was a little worried when i heard that some of the some of the ticket prices on our you know, friends at SeatGeek. also um shout out to uh to to eric J. Uh, said he got the Sea Keek deal, um, so shout out. Enjoyed the game. Star Star Lord Eric J on Twitter uh, used the Sea Keek deal. Used our promo code LO Bucks. You can keep using the LO Bucks promo code this summer, by the way, folks, for other sporting events and, and music, and whatever else. But um, but uh, I, I'm glad that people were able to enjoy it, and and I just hope that that symbiotic relationship of a fan base that has been. I think there are a lot of people who have been desperately wanting to seize on something with this team and get behind this team and and pack the BC and make the BC a madhouse again. They're, I think they're, you know, you don't have to give them that much to get there. And I think we finally saw that again this year after you know maybe a couple years absence. And you know, you just hope that that the team can can take the expectations and and not just you know be a surprise team every couple of years when expectations are low, but but really start to grow and accelerate and um and grow past you know sort of the the same old bucks type type thing that that unfortunately we've gotten used to for for quite a long time so it's it's not something that i think you look back in this playoff series you don't look back and say like oh what a great playoff series i'm totally satisfied <laughs> you look back and you say the bucks absolutely had chances to turn the series i think Giannis said after the game that they thought you know they were the better team that they could yep. win the series and i think that's got to be the mindset from here on out but I think as a fan, you also have to appreciate the moments, and and I think Bucks fans saw some moments tonight, and and they saw, you know, the the heart and the hustle and all the cliches that that make sports fun to watch, and they and they saw a superstar, young superstar, showing what he can do, and um, you know, I think that's something we can take from this series for sure. Is is that uh, uh, some bad free throw shooting aside, uh, Giannis Giannis came to play, and and. He he answered the bell, and uh, and I think that's that that should leave us at least with with something really to be excited about heading into the summer. 
Like, how cool is it now that you don't have to question if the Bucks get in a playoff series if Giannis can do what he did in the regular season in the playoffs? Like, you don't have to question that anymore. There is a series full of evidence that says he's going to be just fine. And if he's going to be just fine and he can do some of the stuff that he did tonight in that comeback, you know what? It's a pretty damn good time to be a Bucks fan. So um, I think that's where I'll leave it as well. And like you said, Bucks fans want to be a part of something. And nothing really signifies that better than being down 19 instead of 21 or 22 and hearing the BC go crazy. Uh, and then kind of just being totally uh, entangled in the Bucks' comeback and t- totally being a part of it and helping will the team back into it. like that That's just something as a fan that I think you live for, and um, hopefully going forward there's going to be some more moments like that, and Bucks fans should absolutely have expectations and they should enjoy the ride. And, yeah, this this was a fun season, and... Uh, like you said, don't don't be satisfied. Want more, but still enjoy uh, the ride. Enjoy the things that you get to be a part of on the way. Um, that's going to be it for Locked On Bucks. Not for the season. We'll we'll be back. Frank and I were talking earlier about off season. We're gonna we're gonna recharge our batteries a little bit and probably not go daily. Um, but there's going to be a couple every week two or three i don't know we'll figure it out um but we're not leaving you we'll still be around um obviously you can find us both on twitter still and we'll be talking about that um i'll be at exit interviews in uh eight and a half hours um so i'll be doing i'll be doing that be sure to follow tweets on that i'm sure there'll be a lot of good stuff and there'll be a lot of good stuff for us to talk about next week on lockdown bucks uh for frank man this has been eric name this has been lockdown bucks we'll talk to you next week You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.